This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of the Blood Red podcast as we bring you the breaking news of the results following the fans of Football of the Year vote. Joining me, Patrick Smith, is Matt Addison once again as we react to all of our listeners, viewers and readers' votes across the network for their Fans Football of the Year award. Now I'm going to read through them from number 10 to number 1. So in 10, we've got João Cancelo, then Jorginho in 9, number 8 is Kevin De Bruyne, number 7, Ruben Diaz, number 6, Mason Mount, number 5, Edouard Mendy, number 4, Phil Foden, number 3, Bruno Fernandes, Number two, Declan Rice. And of course, Matt, at the top of the tree, it just had to be Mohamed Salah, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. For the second successive year, Mohamed Salah is top of the tree and, and rightly so. And I think, you know, it's it, it wasn't even a debate, was it, who should should win this? I think it was pretty obvious it was going to be him. He's been by far and away the, the best player in the Premier League this season. I'm sure we'll sort of come on to, to the details of it shortly. But I think, you know, obviously this award is, is for the entire calendar year and even last season, I think it's been slightly forgotten just how good he was for, for Liverpool. A lot of players had poor seasons for, for Liverpool last season. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about the reasons why that was. But Mohamed Salah still ended the, the season on 31 goals. He was still, you know, a, a huge part, really, of, of Liverpool coming into to the top four or the top three, as it was in the end, obviously, finishing third with no centre-halves and troubles all over the pitch but yeah Mohamed Salah managed to, to direct them into the position they needed to be and it was absolutely no surprise to me that, that Mohamed Salah has won it because he is by far and away the best player in the world and it would have been ridiculous had he not won it. Well as you said Matt this award is for the calendar year for players in the Premier League could you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so it's uh, an award that's that's been going a couple of years now. Mohamed Salah has, has now won both editions of it and Basically, the, the way it works is that our journalists are across the Reach network. So there's, I don't know exactly how many, but a couple of hundred people sort of have a, a look and, and see who they think, um, in our supposedly expert opinion, should have, have been on that list. Mohamed Salah and all of the other players on the, the short list were nominated by our journalists across the network. So that's people who work for the Liverpool Echo, the, the Manchester Evening News, all of the local newspapers across the country come together. The Mirror and the Express and the Star as well, the, the Nationals. Um, and we sort of compile a short list. So we've each had our say. Mohamed Salah was certainly on my list. A couple of other Liverpool players as well who haven't made the, the top 20. But yeah, essentially those votes are, are pulled together and, and there is a short list. And then that goes to the fans. And the fans have, have had their say in, in huge numbers. Around 140,000 people have, have voted. So it's a, an absolutely massive sample size to, to go off. Um, and Mohamed Salah has come out way in front, as you might expect. Well, we have to talk about the man himself, don't we? You've briefly mentioned how last year he almost carried us to third place with the vast injury problems we had. And this season, he just carried on some absolutely unbelievable numbers, matching Jamie Vardy's record that no one thought he would do. And he's now hopefully leading us to another Premier League title. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But Matt, how amazing has he been this year? Yeah, it's it's just been incredible, hasn't it? I mean, you know, we are talking sort of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo numbers in terms of, you know, I said he finished last season on 31 goals. He's already got 22 this season. So you think he's almost certainly going to sort of get ahead in, in terms of that. I mean, he could even do that, you know, soon into to the new year. I mean, it's it's really 
crazy how good he's been in terms of of the consistency. Yesterday was only the first time in God knows how long that he's not provided a goal or an assist in a game. It had been a, a really lengthy run in terms of, of that. He's just been so consistent and, and so brilliant. And I think when you're that good and you are that consistent, it kind of becomes a little bit forgotten. I know over the last couple of, of weeks, I've sort of been able to obviously have the, the good fortune to go and, and see him in the flesh at Anfield every single week. And there are certain things that you take for granted. I mean, there's certain touches, there's you know, certain crosses. There was one with the outside of his, his foot against Newcastle, which was just, you know, incredible. But no one mm. seemed to notice because he, he does things like that sort of seven <laughs> or eight times a game, scores a goal as well. And, and obviously those other bits are, are the bits that, that you end up talking about. But yeah, there's no doubt in my mind he is by far and away the, the best footballer in the world right now, by far and away the, the best in, in this country in, in mm. terms of, of, the, of this list. Obviously, this is only for, for clubs in, in England that, that were nominated. But yeah, just an incredible achievement, a, a really amazing, uh, amazing footballer. And I suppose, you know, it's, it's only going to add to the fact that he's not yet signed the new contract. We still hope that he will do so. And my expectation is that he probably will, given that he wants to stay and, and Liverpool presumably want to keep him. But look, until that is completely uh, signed and, and sealed, I mean, yeah, the, the speculation will continue. So, yeah, fingers crossed that gets done. But yeah, it, it's confirmation, as if we needed it, that Mohamed Salah is by far and away the best footballer in the country. Yeah, just simply had to be the Egyptian king. We're running out of superlatives, adjectives and other ways to describe him. Just an absolutely unbelievable year. But I'm going to move on, Matt, to the rest of the list. In number two, we have Declan Rice, which... Albeit he's had a fantastic year with England, you know, he's almost been the catalyst in the West Ham team as they're now serious top four contenders. He's had a good year, but I'm quite surprised to see him in second place, Matt, or do you think he's deserving? No, I, I agree. I'm not entirely sure that he's deserving of, of being that high up the list. But I mean, there's there's one or two names on the, the list that I could say a similar thing about, to be honest. I think, like you say, that the England thing is big. It's, it's not big for Liverpool fans. I don't think a, a lot of... Of, of Liverpool supporters particularly care how well England do. But I think for, for a lot of the country, the Euros is, is obviously going to have a big impact. I think someone like a Calvin Phillips, for example, has seen his reputation really soar off the back of, of that tournament was sort of being spoken about as a potential 60, 70 million pound transfer target for Liverpool, even, you know, for, for Manchester United and a couple of other clubs as well. But I think Declan Rice is, is similar. He's He's been fantastic. He's one that, to be honest, I haven't been convinced of up until kind of this year this season in particular I think he's really gone up a level and and looked you know really really impressive I think he is one that will take the next step and and move to a bigger and better club at some point I imagine it probably might be Chelsea given that they're probably one of those that would be prepared to probably spend north of 100 million on them if we're, we're being honest I mean that was was kind of the price tag maybe this time last year that that West Ham were kind of talking about he's done a lot more then and not just the, the Euros but in a West Ham shirt as well so yeah he's he's got a bit of everything he's certainly surpassed my expectations of him he's done a fantastic job in, in the centre of the park for them I think Liverpool have, have been linked but the price tag is, is going to be a little bit too much but yeah I, I still think Fabinho is a better player I still think yeah. Fabinho in, in any other normal year where he didn't have to play centre-back for the first <laughs> few months I think would have been certainly a lot higher up and I'm pretty sure from memory that when we made our votes a few weeks back, Fabinho was was a lot higher up on, on the list. I mean, he's not even in the top 20 here. He's certainly yeah, unbelievably, he's not made the top 20. Obviously, the, the comparison between Rice and, and Fabinho, they're both both excellent, both world-class, I would say, actually. I think I'd go as far as, as saying that. I think mm. I think that's fair to say, but you know, Fabinho is, is doing it for 
Liverpool in, in the Champions League, Declan Rice just, just isn't at that level yet. So, yeah, I think it, it sooner or later he's going to going to take that step up and, and move to a bigger club because he's got a lot of talent, but maybe not quite enough to be the second best footballer in the country. Yeah, I thought it must have been a typo to not see if he'd been in the top 10, let alone not even in the whole list of the top 20. I was very surprised by that. But yeah, Declan Rice, I was one of the ones that was sceptical of his inclusion in the England side in the summer. You know, he had a decent start of the calendar year with West Ham, but he's really been on his game, I think, for the second part of the calendar year, which, of course, is the difficulty with this vote because it's over a calendar year, Matt. And Bruno Fernandes comes in at number three, who last season, he was, I think he was at the Player of the Year award. This season, he's not quite been on the same form, but he still manages to make his way into third spot. Do you think he's deserving of that, Matt? Yeah, he's another one that's that's a little bit high, I think. I think that there's obviously a lot of, of quality there. He's not maybe done it so far this season, but I still think he is you know, a top-class player. I think when he was sort of first at Manchester United, there's a good argument that he was was world-class, to be honest, just that the sheer volume and, and sheer numbers of, of goals and assists that he was was bringing to the table is is really, really impressive. So, really good footballer, nowhere near third place for, for me across the course of this calendar year. It's it's a weird one, actually, because normally with these kinds of, of votes, people tend to go on a, a little bit of recency bias and, and pick a player that has maybe been in, in, in decent form for, for the last few weeks. But it's kind of the reverse with Fernandez. Like you say, had a good start to the year, but maybe the second half, the second six months hasn't been particularly impressive. He didn't do a great deal at the Euros either, to be fair. So, yeah, slightly slightly strange, I think, for, for Bruno to be quite that high. But he is a player that I really do like. And I think there's, there's a lot of quality there for, for Manchester United to still unlock. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, definitely. And well, really through the rest of the top 10, I think we can really have no arguments with from 4th to 10th. We have Phil Foden, Edward Mendy, Mason Mount, Ruben Diaz, Kevin De Bruyne, Jorginho and Jao Cancelo. I think they're all pretty deserving of a place in the top 10. But surprisingly, down in number 16 is Trent Alexander-Arnold, the only other Liverpool player to make the top 20. Do you think he's too low, Matt? Trent's had quite a good year, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the names that are above him, Cristiano Ronaldo is above him and he's only been here a couple of months. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Rashford is there. He's barely played for Manchester United in, in terms of the big games. I don't think he gets into their best team. I mean, even Harry Kane, who's scored, what, two goals this season? Um, again, in 12th place, slightly high. Mikel Antonio is another one as well that I think is yeah. pretty overrated, to be honest. Mikel Antonio in... above Harry Kane in the list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's he's a good player. He's effective at what he does. But I think the fact that he's a little bit unique probably stands him in good stead in terms of, of being noticed. But yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold should be a lot higher up that list. I think he's a similar sort of, of level to João Cancelo, who I think is, has been fantastic. But again, maybe the, the recency bias, the fact that Cancelo's done it maybe for, for 12 months, Trent's been there at, at that level for, for slightly longer. I think they should certainly have been a, a lot closer together. I think I'd put Trent a lot higher up the list. I think he's better than than Bruno Fernandes on term in terms of, of this year. Again, I suppose you, you could argue that maybe he wasn't at his best for for understandable reasons at, at the start of, of the year. But you know, across the the course of of this season, he, he's just been fantastic. And I think he's he's one of those that maybe because you've got sort of Reese James, you've got Kyle Walker, you've got other players, João Cancelo mm. being one of them across the rest of of the league who are. Also very good. People maybe don't rate him as, as highly as, as what they should do, but th- there's no doubt for me, particularly in the last few weeks, he's really got back to, to his best again. But across yeah. the, the calendar year, it's been a difficult season for, for Liverpool's defence. It's been a difficult season for, for the way that Jurgen Klopp wants to play. But 
yeah, there's no doubt about it for me. Again, he is he is the best at what he does, and you wouldn't want to, to have anybody else in that Jurgen Klopp team at right back. Yeah, by the looks of the list, I think Trent was he's had a few unfortunate injuries this year, and I think the Euros is playing a big part actually with some of the players that are higher up in the list. Trent obviously getting in ju- just before it, but I'm going to move on now, Matt. To we have our own Liverpool Echo vote for the Liverpool top player of the year which Mohamed Salah leads again, unsurprisingly. But the top four for Liverpool are number one, Mohamed Salah, number two, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and at number three, we've got Joel Matip. Now, Matip has had injury problems, but he's really been a rock for us, especially this season, Matt, hasn't he? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I know that the shortlist was picked out by our uh, Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst, and then people have, have voted in terms of, of which order those four players should go in. So, yeah, I, I can understand why he's up there. I think he's been probably Liverpool's best centre-back so far this season. I think that would be fair to say. Obviously, you can kind of write off the first six months of, of the season for all of, of the centre-backs. Unless you put Nat Phillips in there, then, you know, I don't think there was there was much chance of, of him beating Mohamed Salah to the award, to be fair. But uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, of centre-backs, you, you've only really got a six-month period to, to judge them on. And I think mm. he has been the, the most consistent. There was... A couple of games where he wasn't quite at it, but for the rest of them, I think he's been been really impressive. And you know, it's not the, the main thing, far from it, in terms of a centre back. But the fact that he's able to, to dribble forward with the ball, become an extra attacker, it's it's all part of, of the Liverpool evolution, I think. And you've got to, to to change things year on year. And, and he has has really impressed me so far this season. And even just the fact that he's not got injured yet, I mean. Touch was yeah. that that doesn't happen. I mean, that's that in itself is is a big change, Don't isn't that, it? Matt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's maybe maybe not the right time of the year to be mm. to be joking about that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's um, it, it's just been a really consistent performance from him. I'm I'm not surprised that that people have voted for him because he's kind of almost got that cult following, hasn't he, on on social yeah. media and, and that kind of thing, and absolutely deserving. I think again, he's he's one of those players that is. A little bit underrated. I don't think you know most people would describe him as a world class centre back, but th- there's no doubt in my mind that that is very much what he is. Couldn't agree more. He's definitely world class. I think he's been so important as well since Van Dijk's been coming back from his injury. Because so I still think Van Dijk is playing at about seventy five percent. It seems he's almost a counter a counter. So Matip alongside him has been absolutely rock solid for us. And I think he's deserving of the number three spot. But someone else who had to slot in at centre half for the start of the year but who I now think is one of the best, if not the best, holding midfielder in the world is Fabinho, who comes in at number four. Fab is so important to our midfield, Matt, isn't he? Yeah, and I think we've we've seen that, actually, the, the last couple of games. I think we saw, obviously, with Tyler Morton there against Tottenham, wasn't given a great deal of protection. I think if you just put Fabinho in there, it, it just makes the, the centre-backs look better. He's just so proactive in terms of, of winning the ball back and, and winning the ball back high up the pitch as well. It's it's not a case of having to counter-attack from deep. It's it's a counter-attack that starts halfway line or, or further forward because he's just so, so good at, at predicting you know where the ball is going to be and, and making sure that he's in the right place at the right time. And once he's got the ball, he's, he's brilliant at, at that as well. I mean, there's a couple of, of really good holding midfielders in this league. I think Rodri has been excellent this season. I know... Gary Neville did a, a piece on Monday Night Football saying that you know he was was maybe better than Fabinho at this moment in time. I'm not quite sure I agree on that, but two really world class holding midfielders to to compare. So it's it's hard to to pick between them. I think you're right though. I think for me, he is the best at, at what he does in the world. There's you know loads of of competition even just for for the Brazilian national team. There's there's two or three players who play in that position and maybe hasn't mm. had the. The, the chances really uh, that he should do for for Brazil, but 
yeah, for, for Liverpool in terms of the Premier League, in terms of, of the Champions League, there's there's very few that are better. Just in terms of that role he does, the specifics of it, I think it's it's the most difficult position to play in the Jurgen Klopp team, to be honest. I think you're, you're asking a huge amount for, for a player to be able to do almost two jobs at once. And look, it, it took him six months to get used to it, probably another six months to absolutely master it. But since then, it's it's just been up and up and up from him. Yeah, there's no one better for me at what at what he does, and it's almost a little bit of an issue in that when he's not there, you really do notice it. So, yeah, fingers crossed, Liverpool can find a way of of sorting that out. But it's not a bad problem to have, is it? The fact that one player is so good that it's hard to replace him. The fact mm. that he's so good is is the main point. Particularly with last night, very fresh in the memory. No, we really missed Fab. But you mentioned Roger as well. Credit where credit's due, he's had a very good year for City. Very solid players. Gavin Earl went through the other night. But neither him or Fab make the top 20. Going to jump back to the general top 20 list. The only other centre midfielders are Yuri Tillemans, Gundogan, Kante and Jorginho. Are there anyone else who you think is a bit of a su- surprise exclusion, Matt? You know, not just midfielders, but who are you expecting to see on the list who's not made it as well? I think it's been a really difficult year, actually, to assess. Apart from Mohamed mm. Salah, I don't think there's anyone that's really been there consistently for, for the entire season. I mean... Obviously, Ronaldo is there and, and that's a bit of a surprise, but you can kind of understand that Rashford has had little bits where he's been good, but maybe not consistently. He's on the list as well. Mm-hmm. Even someone like Jack Grealish obviously had a really good start to the season, maybe hasn't quite settled, didn't particularly do a great deal at the Euros because he was on the bench quite frequently, which I know frustrated mm-hmm. a lot of people. I mean, it, it's just been a season where no one's really done it consistently for a huge period of time. I think Diogo Jota the last few months has been brilliant, but obviously spends a bit of, of time out injured, yeah. didn't do a great deal at the Euros, maybe had a quieter spell at the end of last season. There's there's players up there that you think maybe should be there. Even, you know, someone like a, a Raheem Sterling was excellent at, at the Euros, possibly he could have mm. been there, but then he's been in and out of the, the Manchester City team. So I think it, it's it's probably just slightly a freak year, but also slightly because I think Liverpool and particularly Chelsea and, and Manchester City, where the vast majority of these top players are, it's not a case of one player is is playing every single week. It's you know sometimes yeah. it's Sterling, sometimes it's Mares, sometimes it's Kevin De Bruyne, and you know it's not just so obvious to pick out who is their best attacker or who is Chelsea's best attacker. Even at Liverpool, I mean, obviously if you look at someone like Firmino, has has been good when he's been fit this season. Jota has Sadio Mane has maybe not performed generally as as well as he could do, but he's still scoring goals. Mohamed Salah is is clear. At, at the top in terms of, of being the best. But even there, apart from Salah, you couldn't really predict who's going to play, who's going to be in there. You know, it, it's it's just so hard really to, to kind of assess these players across a 12-month spell where nobody really has, has done it apart from Salah for, for the entirety of, of that time. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult one. But some good players on there, no doubt for me, though, that Mohamed Salah is absolutely the right choice. Yeah, it's such a difficult vote. I think I recall, and I think a lot of the readers, listeners and viewers will be the same. It was so difficult to actually pick your top five because it's been a weird year for football. People have had, you know, good last season, not so good this season or vice versa. And it's hard to focus just on the Premier League as well. You mentioned Raheem Sterling, how good he was in the Euros, but it's a Premier League fan football of the year. So it's difficult to try and focus on that. But Mohamed Salah is the top of the list after 140,000 votes. The Egyptian king is the king of the fans footballer of the year. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. But thank you very much for watching with myself, Patrick Smith and Matt Allison. It's goodbye for now.
You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.